0: Hello and welcome to a Friday night edition of the Warriors All Eighty Two podcast. The Warriors took more than fifty threes. Let's look.
1: They took oh, exactly, exactly fifty. This is the perfect podcast then for Tim Kawakami to come. Almost sent Slater a Twitter no, but he knew it. He just knew it mentally that I say like, note Slater. They took fifty threes. You mocked me for this. I'm giving you a whole podcast segment <laughs> to
0: glow. They hit your exact number, and it was very round tonight. They went twenty of 40 percent. Yeah. That's about exactly
1: what you hope. It's hopeful. exactly forty percent, which is actually. Actually, I mean better than you would think that they would shoot they made a bunch of them at the end there they were not that high a percentage therefore they missed 13 in a row uh, when they were in a little slump shooting slump there at the end of the second into the third but that's part of what I was thinking like you take 53s and you take only 42s this is a better three-point shooting team than it is a two-point shooting team <laughs> so that's kind of was my theory all along like Bielitsa Porter something a pool pool can become more of a two-point shooter But these guys are natural. If you're free-flowing offense, the ball's hopping around. They're going to be better with their their feet set and shooting threes. And they really hadn't been doing it until the last few games. They did it again. This is against the New Orleans Pelicans team that is essentially like a preseason game in the second half. But first half, too. Yeah, first half, you know, was a little clunky all around. But, uh, you know, the Warriors scored 16 points in the second quarter, something like that. It was clunky. But when they're 1916, was yeah. the second. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what the hell was that? But when these guys are at their free flowing, I think they should be putting up five to seven threes. So Steph put up 15, I think. Uh, like these are thirteen threes on only 15 shots. There you so go. Like, yeah, they, they were jacking up threes when it's flowing. They should take a lot of threes. That's my general point. Now whether it's 50 or it's 45 or 42. Well, see, but did you think they were forcing these threes? I didn't think they were forcing no, them No, even all. Though when they
0: were missing 13 in a row, like a lot of them were good looks. Um, in general, the, and you saw it in the preseason, they threw up 69 against Portland because how poor, bad Portland played defensively. Against teams like this, yeah. you should get a lot of open threes. Now, some uh, I think we were reminded early in the season when they went against the, the physical Lakers and yeah. Staples and even the Clippers and the way the Clippers defended them that night, you're not going to be able to just get 50 clean looks yeah. off against yeah. those type of teams. But... You know, on a night like this, yeah, sure, just run away from the Pelicans with a bunch of threes. Play the math game um, because New Orleans is certainly going to give them up. I mean, it's breakdown after breakdown. Um, but I, to me, I mean, the big thing going on with this team right now, number one in defense. Uh, they've held teams under 100 three straight games now. Uh, you look at the second, third, fourth quarter tonight for the Pelicans, 19-16-19, yeah, three no, straight. No Brandon Ingram, you know, no, no, no Zion, Zion either. I mean, there's, he's he's there's, a big presence. Yeah, yeah, there's some
1: things you might want to point out, but – that's what you're supposed to do. That's when, like, people make these points to me. I say that's what you're supposed to do against bad teams. That's what a seven-one team does. Are they going to be seven? You know, is this going to be their winning percentage for the whole season? No, but you win these games to make sure, so when you kick away a couple, you're still you know on pace to win forty-eight to fifty. And I, I kind of said at the beginning of the year, I'm looking at forty-nine wins. Not that they're going to be a dominant team, but this team could be a forty-nine-fifty-win team. Get yourselves to the fourth seed they have that kind of talent. That was not what was expected from them from the outside. But I think we all looked at this team as very capable of being right in there and maybe even take a run at the third seed, so something like that. Kind of looking better and better for them by getting this start and seeing the, some of the teams that we all expected to be dominating not really doing except for Utah. In the West, you're not seeing Phoenix kick ass. You're not seeing the – certainly not seeing the Lakers kick ass. You're not seeing some of – you know, Denver, you know, it's all kind of a muddle, and the Warriors are in that muddle, and, and they're looking pretty good out of that muddle. We are looking at the head of their defense right yes, now. Mike, Mike Brown, Brown is getting, out on – shout-out pregame by Steve Kerr, by the way. Uh, got a, got, defense.
0: Got a bigger shout-out uh, – that shoot-around by Draymond Green, who asked about, you know, Draymond, who is the leader of the defense on the court, obviously, the number one the league. I mentioned number one the league. He went, mm, so that means I'm Defensive Player of the Year, right? <laughs> and then after that, he flipped the attention. After, you know, yeah. shouting himself out as the early leader for Defensive Player of the Year, which i say he probably is, uh, he mentioned Mike Brown has taken over more full control yep. of the defense this year. He's doing these, like, you know, play of the game, Defensive Player of the Game. Apparently he's made it a more competitive defensive environment and it's i I mean i don't look i don't know how much credit necessarily he
1: does or doesn't deserve but like they are well since he's like 90 feet from us we'll we'll certainly give him full credit for this but you know they've they are playing hustling, scrambling defense, and they have hustling, scrambling kind of. You know, they got Andre back. They've got GP, Gary Payton the second, which we can certainly talk about. They again. always <laughs> yeah. sneak
0: in a Looney, right, too. They're loony, like, and Looney's just steady starts, on the back. He end.
1: starts those halves. He starts. Curry even made a point on that. We're talking rotation before the game he goes, you know I start Looney because I get that defensive intensity early. That's why. That's why I start him. Uh, if you're anyone's questioning that. Um, i thought it was interesting i i don't know if i'm even gonna write about this but andre at talking post game. it's always good you and i were peppering him with questions because it's always good to have andre up there he's just so interesting he's so tough many different to time. corral he yes. not, he
0: walks in and, and ritter raymond
1: ritter had got him in there and he goes this is my one for the month exactly so you, had, you and i asked him questions and he's just mentioning this offhand. We've got two starters who are out, you know, who are going to come, be coming back, Wiseman and Clay. Like, okay, interesting. You know, maybe you can think of Wiseman as a starter. I don't. I, I don't think they think of him. Like I don't, maybe the I sure they don't really, think they think yeah. they want a return starter. Exactly. I think their hope is he builds and he, an, he takes the yes. starting job, essentially. Or, and But it does tell you, you know, Andre doesn't just say that stuff randomly about young players. Uh, I think, you know, Wiseman has been looking good in practice. We've heard, you know, some reports that he has been. He was looking good. In practice last year too, he was so the yeah. starter on day <laughs> one know. of his career. So, so this may not be worth all that well, much, but well. I think for Andre to be saying that, I it perked my ears up a little bit. I, me as well. I, I thought it was interesting he said it.
0: Now one thing he's mentioned Wiseman unprompted at times in interviews already. You know, early this season, even Media Day. Uh, I think he's taken it upon himself to pump Wiseman yes. up. We we both know. At the lower moments last season for Wiseman, he could kind of get down on himself. It's clear Andre's strategy with Wiseman yeah. is to hype him. Just like Andre's strategy with Jordan Poole is to kind of take little digs yeah. at him. I mean, even a little bit tonight. He yeah. was like, 26 for Poole. No rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. One assist.
1: <laughs> Clay's- hmm. no, no free, free throws. throws. Yeah. Clay yeah. stat line. And we know Andre got on Clay, by the way, when Clay was a little bit younger, too. So that's Andre. That's like, yeah. it's interesting. That, that That's why it's interesting to talk to Andre. And we don't get that many opportunities. And... Uh, that's why, yeah, Slater and I were firing him about every single player we could yeah. think of. He was like, and by the way, he gets a stat line. He starts reading every single player. I was going to say, Andre, you sound like a coach. That's what a coach does. Takes a look at a stat line and just starts going through every single player. But that's it no free all. throws. Hmm, it's interesting. He <laughs> had thirty one last game. No free throws. Anyway, he was funny Thank right? you, Andre. He, Thank yeah, you, yeah. Andre.
0: Right? Um, yeah. I mean, look, what pool again? Thirty one and twenty six. Yeah. He's he's back. You know, he he's, he that was a rough early season uh arrival and i do think that uh some of these tougher defenses we're talking about that aren't going to let the warriors take 53s are also going to play him more physical and you want to see him go to the rim more get more free throws
1: that you would all mention that that's what he meant Uh, you know go get the tougher shots when they're crowding you at the line when they're crowding steph the lane is open get Mm -hmm. in there and at least draw the foul don't be afraid of con i'm not saying he's been afraid of Fred of content, but be more, or more aggressive getting to it because he's a 90% free throw shooter, by the way. Yep. You know, that's part of the deal with him. So, like, and you know, a thing that I've said on the plus minus podcast over and over, like, they're not great at getting twos. They're just not. There's not somebody you can go get you to. Wiggins, when he's feeling good, like he was early in the game, but not throughout the rest of the game so much. Steph clearly can do everything, but beyond that, they just don't have guys who can go get twos. And Poole could do it, isn't great at it, could do it. I think Wiseman's an, is a guy that they're going to look to oh, to get he's, some twos. He's two. Get he's some twos. Two. yes yeah. twos. Um, Gary Payton the second. Uh, you know, again,
0: they, they, they did just some cap maneuvering to save a little bit of money and, and were vulnerable to losing him just three weeks ago. So it's um, you know they 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 found Gary Payton. They need to be credited for that, but also I think he has surprised a lot of people in the organization about just how impactful
1: he's been. Um, what have you thought? I mean, like this is, especially the last two games. Yeah, it's been more than I thought. Again, I, I didn't discount that he had real ability to do some interesting, special things, but it's been better than I thought. It's been more consistent than I thought. And he's, you know, shooting, making threes, what didn't make his one today, but it just affects the game. Like, he just, guys can't dribble in front of him. You know, they can't throw loose passes in front of him. And he is. Is he the best finisher on the team? I, I, I don't know that there's a Most explosive. Yeah, I mean, you know, Steph still has got the touch yes, and, you yeah, know, yeah. all that. Steph, and, we, have to put in we got Mike Brown. Oh, like, no, is over is he coming alive on this? <laughs> We're doing our podcast. Mike Brown is here. You can, call, you can come on over. Defense defensive or getting Laurel. Mike Brown, one
0: one on-the-record question before I stop oh, quick.
1: Oh, on-the-record. I'm on scared the of this. I'm about
0: to league. You guys are number one in the league in defense. How is this?
1: I don't – I mean, our, our guys are
0: fighting. I gotta, I gotta. give our guys credit. They're mm-hmm. fighting. They're trying. The, the biggest thing is they're holding each other accountable. You, you know, and it, it's one thing when a coach yells at you. It's something different and special when you're able to yell or get on each other mm-hmm. as players – and you respect whoever's saying something to you. And you feel that with our guys.
1: So Andre, Draymond, those two are the main ones?
0: Those two guys are the main ones. Yeah. But, they, but everybody steps up every once in a while. If somebody knows that somebody's kind of out of line or not giving the effort that they should, somebody will speak up. And so you give the players a lot of credit for, uh, for where we're sitting. Hopefully it'll last. Keep your fingers crossed. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. That was Mike Brown. We got to let him get back to his <laughs> night. Um, thank you to Mike uh, for that answer. But, uh,
1: you know, other than that, um, you know, Steph. You know what's interesting early? Like Steph's not playing that well right yeah, now. Wait. I mean, he'd been, he was sick for those last two games. I think that was pretty clear. I think he felt a lot better tonight. Uh, but it's you know, it's not been explosive. Steph. It's, it's there sometimes. It's not there. I think he's deferring to pool a lot. Uh, that was one of my suspicions about why we can talk about this. You know, I want to talk about rotation tweaks uh, that they're looking at starting Steph with the second unit. You know, pulling him out of the first quarter for a little bit bringing him back in and then letting him start the second and, and fourth quarters with the second unit was maybe split him from pool a little bit maybe i you know, just get steph going with that second unit with all those three-point shooters just standing in and let steph make some plays but then of course Kerr plays steph with pool to start the fourth quarter after not doing it the tweak in the first quarter because steph was just lighting it up and and, and you don't you don't take steph out in the first quarter when he's lighting up hitting four threes but you know I think they're playing around. I, I this must mean they're not thrilled with that second unit to me because why would you want Steph like why would you move Steph into the second quarter and start the second start the fourth and as we were asking Steph post game it's pretty clear he's not thrilled with this. He will as Steph will always you see that do. looky game. As Steph will always accept the coaching's point, right? He will never say the hell with this. But I don't think he loves it. I think he talked about continuous, contiguous play. By the way, to me, he, he, like, he's he, made it clear it, when it matters
0: this season. His rotation will be what it's always been, and that is the entire first and third, and like particularly when it really, really matters, it's the last eight minutes yes, of the fourth. Yes, yes. You know, instead of the last six. But uh, he's also just look. I, I, Within his clear, you know, hint hint to both of us, like I don't love this right now. He's like, but we're winning, we're winning, and they are seven and one. They're playing really
1: well. And you know, it was against New Orleans, right? I mean, then yeah. Houston and whatever. Yeah. You know, when they're when they're fighting through it against you know Utah, and they're going for a playoff seat or whatever. Maybe that's not winning, it, but it's clear Kerr wants to take a look at it. I mean, he has been op- he's open about it, and it's a little different for us. Having you know, I, for me, having covered Steph all these years, when he, at his greatest times, he's playing all the first, he's playing all the third, and he's subbing back in at six and a half, and in, in, the, in the second quarter, he's subbing at maybe at seven, seven and a half in a tight game, in, in the fourth quarter. This is different, and Steph is a creature of habit. We know this. Uh, he is someone who is going to resists change at times when it's been going well and he's probably a little resistant to this but also willing to see how it goes but man he is not he was not making it very uh, coy with you and me today uh not not at all uh and we will we shall see how this all develops
0: yeah again i think they uh, i think they
1: all know like old reliable pattern will be there yeah. whenever you know, push comes to shove. He likes playing else. the whole first and third quarters. I mean, that is unquestionable and he likes closing every quarter and that's how they jiggered this rotation and now there's going to be some tweaks to it, so we shall see how it goes. Yeah, and again, that's why I think it will be that uh, when it needs to be,
0: but um you know what'd you uh last thing i kind of want to talk about you know kaminga moody come in play the last seven minutes i came to the other day to their g league game you're seeing kaminga start to get a little bit more of a rhythm i thought the first game he came back and played he was, he was yeah. a little bit winded he's got a few practices in since then he's gonna play at sounds like they're both gonna play in the g league saturday night probably get around 30 minutes but um I'd like to see Kaminga come in for those seven minutes and be like, I'm going to the rim. Like every time I touch the ball, he was a little passive early. But the two times he did take it to the rim, one time he got fouled, and Draymond was yelling at the ref for not giving him shooting free throws. And then the second time it was on Sataransky, but it was it was a really nice like left-to-right
1: crossover spin, lefty layup. Lefty with a spin, yeah. It was it was it was a pro move, it was an NBA move. Again, against Thomas Sadaransky, but Sadaransky is a veteran NBA player, not a good one, but he's played in this league. It wasn't like he was doing against, you know, some nobody. Uh, yeah, that, I thought that exact same thing. You know, me and this two-point thing. They need someone to go get in the lane. And, and, and we saw Kaminga do that in the summer league. Haven't really seen, obviously, in very, very limited time. Haven't really seen him do it here. So, you know, it was probably good for them to see him take two dribbles and just get to the rim and put his head down and say, I'm going to finish because I got more athleticism than you. I, I'm longer. I'm bigger. Uh, so I think... That, you know, I I don't know that that's what they've been telling him to do. I would think that's what they've been telling him to do. And once you get in there, don't just pass it around. Don't just jack up the first three. You see, like take a couple dribbles and and make the defense move from there. And like we can make this air blower move in a little bit if possible. But uh... it's
0: all good. These are the omegas. We're back, Tim. We're back in arenas. We're running into coaches post game. We just did in in person interviews, uh, and now you know leaf bows yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like when week. we were in uh, staples for opening night it was uh you know people backing up the tractors and stuff so welcome back tim what do you, i guess that that is how we're going to close this out
1: yeah, what did you
0: think of chase what did you think of being back you know fans are in arenas and
1: uh you know chase takes a while to fill up every yeah. night but once it fills up it gets pretty good his yeah, acoustics are great i mean i think that's been the way from the beginning uh, the crowd gets up. I mean, it gets a little quiet sometimes and you hear the music and you know The music's trying to egg on the noise, but when it gets loud, it gets loud When, when Steph hits a three, it, that one where Steph had the kind of the, the shoulder fake and then the move and the, the crowd was like Rising for four seconds. It literally took four seconds for the crowd ooh, And then for the ball to go down and that's special, you know, that's unique to this era and I guess I'll, I'll underline, you know, just having Buster Posey retire, to, you know, this week, it does like cherish what you got when you, you, know, you got one of the best of all time. I'm, I know Warriors fans do. I know we all understand this. I'm the one who's often pounded the fact that Posey and, and Curry are pretty parallel figures uh, in, in the Bay Area for sure in the sports universe. Curry is, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Just. When you see Posey go, surprisingly walk away, I think you go, okay, every moment you get to see Steph Curry do that. Every time you get to hear the Chase Center, ooh, and and the ball go down, and the explosion of noise, and the Warriors win, uh, and Steph do a little shimmy, or whatever you see, uh, you, you do like, okay, this is not going to last forever. This is a special, unique situation. And you don't want to just take it for granted, and I don't think they do. I just want to, you know, Posey walking away does underline that for everybody. Yep,
0: seven and one Warriors. They f- have a, a second half of this f- eight-game homestand uh, coming up, which is Rockets, Hawks, Bull- Wolves, Bulls to close it out over the next week. Uh, close out next Friday night. That should, you know, I think. I think. Uh, you know 4 and 0 is on the table and then suddenly they would be sitting there at 11 and 1 i mean i would predict either 2 and 2 or 3 and 1 i think 3 and 1 would be a success to to then go 6 and 2 on the home stand and be and walking out at 10 and 2, oh, 10 and 2. if you go okay. 3 and 1 the okay. rest of the oh, home yeah. stand oh, yeah, that's right. that's you know right. that would me you know, i think the rockets is the easiest one yeah. uh hawks on the second night of back-to-back probably the toughest one yeah. but wolves and bulls are both frisky bulls playing better than the wolves but they the could wolves
1: kick, can... they could kick away one of those and yeah. it would not be embarrassing in this world to be to be 10 and 2. i mean it would not no. be in this nba and uh, i think they'd be very very high so i was asking andre and Steph if they if they're good now and then you know they're not gonna say yeah we're great but you, you can see the confidence they got you can see the feeling here is that things the pieces are fitting together, and they've got clay coming back, and then we'll see with Wiseman that that's the you know that's the pocket aces they still got while they're seven and one, and I, I think they're rightfully proud of that.
0: Fifty attempted threes tonight, and, and a Tim Kawakami podcast ding, ding, appearance. Ding, ding, ding. This will be a regular segment if, if they check fifty. All right, uh, we'll talk to you. Probably not going to do Sunday against the Rockets. Probably next podcast Monday night. Hawks, that's going to be a good game here in Chase Center. Hawks, man, Warriors, that's to... the
1: East finalists for yeah, year. And it's the uh, Dan Martinez and Travis Schlenk revenge game as always. So we always have to remember that. Trey I might young even Steph Curry. I might even go to that game. I might even go to that game. And they put up fifty threes. I'll be doing the you might podcast. Make the long drive over for that game. Wow, <laughs> and that, it must be a big no night com- then. No comment. No comment.
0: All right, all right. We will uh, talk to you then.